Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another podcast with your host, Jimmy Bayoso. Today, I'm joined along with some of the men from our team of Walking with Jesus. We have Logan, Dwayne, Danny, and Eric with us today. So um, I'm really excited for today's episode. We are going to dive in on relationships. But before I dive in, I just quickly just want to... Um, you know, thank everyone who's watching us, all the, our listeners through Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well, and those who are viewing the visual podcast on YouTube as well. Thank you. If you're watching us on YouTube, I just want you to subscribe, share this with somebody, leave a comment, leave a like, let us know where you guys are watching from, as well as all those who have been giving to the podcast. You know, I want to thank you guys as well. Um, all the ways to give if this podcast has been a blessing to you guys, it wouldn't be possible without you guys. If you guys um, have never given, you guys want to be a part and partner with us and give on to the podcast and to the ministry. All the links are going to be on, on the description. You could give through Cash App, through Venmo and through Zelle as well so thank you guys in advance for doing all of that and yeah let's get let's get started on on today's podcast um we've been the lord put in my heart a couple weeks back um we moved into a new location in, in newark and um since we started moving to the newark location i was asking the lord i'm like god what what is it that you want us to speak on like what is it that you want me to speak on and um one thing that was just pressing on my heart a lot was relationships Right. And I know it's also the month of February, which is Valentine's Day. Well, um, it's the day, the month that we all know that, you know, the month of love, the month of love. Exactly. So I was like, wow, God, like, cool. I, I didn't even bring the series on relationships because it was Val Valentine's month or Valentine's, you know, love month and whatnot. <laughs> I just brought it because that God really pressed that in my heart. And I think one of the biggest things that we struggle, especially Christians, is relationships and why do i say christians it's because you know sometimes when we come to the feet of god we just don't know how to manage relationships or we struggle to see who's ours and who's you know who's for me who's not for me what friends can i have what friends i can have and that's what i want to really talk about in this podcast that when we refer to relationships i'm referring to dating life romantic life i'm speaking about mother and father you know, a mother and son type of relationships, father and son type of relationships, friendships, like all types of relationships. This isn't just on the romantic side of relationships, even though that is going to be one of our strong topics that we are going to really be talking about is romantic relationships. But as well, we are going to talk about friendships. We are going to talk about how to have godly ones and, you know, even our friendships with our cousins, with our parents, you know, with our loved ones, co-workers type of friendships and all these type of things. So, um, you know, how we started the first part, because uh, this is going to be a two-part podcast all in one. So it's most likely going to be a long podcast for all those that are watching, listening to us. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be one of those long ones. But um, I hope you tune in to the end. Trust me, there's going to be a lot of nuggets being dropped here. There's going to be a lot of wisdom being dropped here, especially if you want to win in relationships and or you're trying to find the one or, you know, you're struggling in maybe in marriage right now or in a relationship right now or in your friendships or maybe you're new to the things of God and you're trying to find godly friends, this podcast is for you. So stay completely to the end. And a topic that is so worldwide known right now is relationships. Right. If you go on Google right now, you type in hashtag on Instagram, on TikTok, anywhere, you type in relationship goals or relationships, you're probably going to get an old couple having coffee together. You know, have you guys ever been out somewhere and you just see an old couple and they're just talking, having the best life? You're like, wow, goals. 
You know, that's the number one thing we say. Or we see a, 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 a man do a nice gesture to his wife or a wife do a nice gesture to his husband. We're quickly like, wow, that's goals. Mm -hmm. That's goals, right? Um, and then many times we just see a different aspect of relationship goals. Maybe a couple on a beach. That they're living life. Maybe two couples, a couple just in bed cuddling together, right? Or maybe you're famous celebrities, right? Where we see a lot of them and we're like, wow, that's goals, man. Wow, I want something like that. Oh, how I wish something like that. Many of us, it could be even certain family members of ours. Parents, we're like, wow, I want a relationship like that. From my point of view, right? My parents, I believe next week, uh, they have 32, 33 years of marriage. They're, they're celebrating, right? That's amazing. So that awesome. to me is God goals. Bless that, man. That's great. Right? Mm -hmm. So that to me is goals. Right. One, I'm like, wow, that's I, I, I want something like that. But you know what's the sad thing sometimes that I've seen is that the last thing we always th we we never think about is why not ever we look at a Christian relationship and be like, why is that not goals? Mm. Mm. Like, why is not a relation a, a godly relationship? Like, instead of looking to celebrities and artists, why don't we look? You know, why have we in our mind we never our mind never runs to a godly couple when we think of goals. Mm -hmm. Our mind quickly just runs to something else. It runs to maybe, wow, like a couple who has a lot of money, a couple who has a successful career. I think I think that our mind runs to the materialistic things that we wish we could have from mm -hmm. that couple and not necessarily the struggles that they've been through. Right. That's something that you said at the beginning um, of last week. You said, and I wrote this down as a point in bold. It says, see the glory, not the story. Yeah. Right. Like everybody... Once, like you said, they want the beach pictures. They want the the nice time in the coffee shop. They want the old couple sitting there drinking coffee and smiling together. But they don't want to, as you said, like go through those 30, 40, 50 plus years of marriage and of struggles. Yeah. And I think that's, like you say, like social media has a huge impact on that is because we can get the picture, but we don't actually get the story. Yeah. No, and the thing is that a lot of times I'm going to tell you this, that like... um society sells us an illusion of what a relationship should be but the more closer you get to it the more you're going to realize that it's far from reality right you know and a lot of what we now celebrate and want in our daily relationships or in our lives are built on unstable foundations and they're gonna fall they're eventually will fall you know like something you said what we see sometimes on social media what we see from celebrities that's also that's not always the reality right. of what is really behind and a lot of these society just it stay it, it tells you and it makes us reach out for things that are unstable that are not real right and i, I and for example a lot of us right we have a list we have a list of like okay uh i know certain women they're like uh i want someone tall I want yeah. someone six feet and higher. Mm. You know, I don't qualify there, but <laughs> <laughs> the short kings, right? That's what the short said. kings. <laughs> shout out to the short kings that are watching and listening to us right now. Um, you know, a woman. You ask them, they want someone tall, handsome, pro athlete, someone with abs, fit, someone who can take you on vacation, a shopping uh, spree. Sounds like I'm unqualified, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe someone who pays his uh, pays his bills and their and that her bills as well, right? Yeah. A lot of women look for that. Some yeah. maybe don't, right? I'm just speaking generally right now. Right. And then for us men that we're all here sitting on the podcast here, um, for us men, we probably want maybe I don't know a girl who's thick. Yeah, shorter, right? thick. Right, there, you know the whole. Maybe thing. someone who with a cute face, small waist. Hey, right. Yeah. 
or someone who understands us, someone who is a good listener. Mm. I mentioned this too, is maybe someone who also gets excited about the same things you get excited about. Okay. You know, if you're a sports fan, you want her to probably get excited every time there's a there's a there's a fight on, there's a game, basketball game on, and then you probably want her to celebrate the same way you also celebrate, or for her to at least understand your passion in these things, mm -hmm. right? And listen, there's nothing wrong with these things. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong. Like there's desires and passions in our heart or things that we look for. But there's more to relationships than what well, pop culture, TV, and even our own imagings have shown us. Right. Because something that I've learned and I heard is that we have to learn to just rip our list. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because the, I've, I've spoken to people that they have a list. They're like, I need someone like this. Especially as a person who's gone through a lot of breakup or seen a lot of hurt in their families and everything. They're like, I'm not going to settle for less. Mm -hmm. And I get that. Right. But we need to learn to just is that list even real? Right. There's something that you said about like unstable foundation. I think there's like with that, there's also unstable like um, expectations. Right. Mm -hmm. The expectation, as you talked about, like with social media, for example, like we see all these incredible things, like you said, whether it's taking on trips or, you know, we have all this jewelry all the time or whatever. But I also think that, like, as you say, there's this list that people have and it's this crazy expectations when really at the top of the list it should be jesus right yeah. it should be you know we start here and i and i joke about this a lot with uh francesca and all and my friends and it's like i can't wait to sit down and have that conversation with somebody and be like all right this is who i work for you know and yeah. i'm talking about the lord you know and it's like this is where we start right but also you know i think that's important like you said to rip up all those other expectations because we also as we're still in the flesh right like we're still human beings our heart still beats and I think that's important because we, all, we always look with our eyes first. And instead of looking at our eyes in the flesh, we need to look at our eyes in the spirit. And I think that's incredibly important when it comes to ripping up that list and actually just diving into what yeah. the Lord actually wants for us. I, do you, mm -hmm. I think that's something important that you say about a list is the fact that I heard this. We often have a list of things that we want to have in that person. Yeah. But we got to become that list first mm. so that we can look for that or attract something similar to that. Right. Because you can't want something that you're not. Right. Because if you want to have a successful husband or you want to have a successful wife or you want to look for someone that's healed emotionally, you know, and in every aspect of the word, like, you got to become those things. And if you're not those things, you will not attract that person. Yeah. And the other thing, too, that I want to, like, mention is, like, you you said illusion. Mm -hmm. And then when you were giving this, uh, this preaching, the word mirage came into mm -hmm. my head because, it's like, we often see something that it really isn't. And that's what happens when you're like in the desert, when yeah. you're alone. You see a mirage of something that really is not. And yeah. it, it'll be paint itself as beautiful as it could possibly be. You get close to it and it's gone. It's yeah. no longer there. So it's only like for a little bit of moment. Yeah. I mean, look at this. Have you guys ever had like a fruit, right? And it looks so good from the outside. And then when you cut it up or you take a bite of it so and, you, and, and it's all spoiled, rotten yeah. inside. See, because a lot of, and you do realize a lot of our lists are made up all of physical appearances. A list are just, I need someone like this, or a financial. Like you said, everything is materialistic. Everything is material. And the issue with that is, like, God wants us to rip our list. God wants us to rip our list completely. Why? Because these a lot of these things are not achievable. I know people who are like, um, um, I'm not going to get married. I don't like this person because this person um, doesn't come from, like, you know, they don't. Uh, he doesn't have a dad. She doesn't have a dad. She doesn't have a stable marriage, right? But if you look at the, our society nowadays, that's about 50, 60, 70% of, 
of us young people nowadays who don't have stable marriages, their parents got divorced, you know, all these type of things. So it's just like why you're closing up something that God could maybe have for your life. But because our list doesn't say that, then we push those things away. And that's the thing. Something you touched right now that is so good is like we have to stop letting we have to first learn to heal before we even try to jump into anything. Because if we don't learn to heal first, then what you're doing is bringing your own mess into that same relationship. And you were going to say something? Yeah. Would you say that the the reason why there's a um, relationship crisis is because there's an identity crisis? Oh, for sure. Um, I think that I think this world is there's there's a lot of daddy issues here out here. Oh, yeah. There is a lot of uh, identity issues out here. And this is why um covenant and marriage is so important because the thing is that we have so many people just sleeping around and just finding somebody and popping babies left and right when it's just like if you look at the percentage of people who are in drugs people who are lost in gangs people who are up to no good it's a fatherless generation yeah, they come from broken households yeah the Texas don't lie. this generation z is a fatherless generation yeah. yeah it's it all involved it all revolves around absence mm -hmm. something is absent in their life mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh and we try to fill that absence with other things that are not god yeah and so i have a question right so mm -hmm. we we have to create a list but mm -hmm. in a godly relationship what are some of the things or some of the pointers that we should be really like having in that list in order for us to look or wanting that person yeah. that we have. Like the the non-negotiables, basically. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, like, so what would you say are some of the, those, like, they have to be there in order for this to be a godly relationship? Okay. So when I say let's rip up our list, I mean rip up your list and begin to write God's goals and God's list for you. You know, um, I'm going to read a, 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 a Bible verse in Proverbs uh, 14, 12, where it says, There is a path before each person that seems right, but in its end is death. Right. So when we write our list, we need to write our list partnering with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Because if you write your list, you already said it, it's your list. And the Bible says that the path before each person that seems right, but and it's death. That not everything that we think is right is right. Not everything we call good is good. There is a path that seems right for us, but it's end, it's death. Only God knows the best things for our life. So, you know, um, one of the things that couple of things that I would say that are really non-negotiable is number one is this. God needs to be the center of the relationship. You need to establish God in priority. And honestly, like if you're pursuing a relationship, dating, a romantic relationship, when you go on that first date, when you go and tourist talk, a lot of times people ask is like, um, they ask, start asking family questions as first things or what's your job or all these things. Some people get really crazy and ask like, okay, they want to, and I, and I get them. Some people, the first day they ask, how much do you make every week? You know, cause they want to like see what they jump in and they, and all those things are empty, are yeah. empty because you could have all the money. Yeah. You could have all the goods. You could have the personality. You could have, you could be the most funniest person. You can have a lot of money. You know, you could have all these things, but if you don't establish God in the middle of everything, then where are you going? Yeah. Yeah, because only God can sustain a marriage. Only God can sustain friendships. Only God can sustain romantic relationships. Only the Lord can do it. And if we try and build outside of God, we are going to fall. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing is that I, I had, I had, I mentioned this on, on, on the sermon. I had, I was sitting down, had a lunch with some pastors and with, and my parents were there and my 
the pastor started asking my parents, she started asking her, how, uh, what do you guys do? She's like, 30 plus years of marriage? Like, what is it that keeps your fire alive? You know, and she was like asking, is it date nights? Because that's what, you know, that's what social media we're hearing now. It's just, you know, establish a date night. Establish one day where you both go out. There's nothing wrong with that, right? But my mom's answer impacted me the most. My mom said, God. And, and a lot of times we're just like, that sounds like a very cliche answer, yeah. right? Or it sounds like a very, quote unquote, religious answer. What do you mean, God, <laughs> right? Like God, everything. Yes, God, everything. Until we don't learn to understand that God is everything, we're always going to be searching for something outside in this world that will never satisfy and fulfill us. That's good. But when yeah. we understand that God is everything, you know, I see a lot of people that it's, when it comes to business, it comes to jobs, careers. Don't put all your eggs in one basket, mm -hmm. right? That's something that is repeated a lot. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Let me tell you this. In God, you can put all your eggs in that one basket and he won't fail. That's mm -hmm. right. He won't let you down. He won't let you down in relationships. He won't let you down in marriages. Okay. He won't let you down in, in jobs. He won't let you down in absolutely nothing. So you mm -hmm. can trust the Lord to put your full eggs in that one basket and he's not going to let you down. I think you answered a little bit of what my question was going to mm -hmm. be uh because i wanted to ask you a little bit about so let's say you are making your list right yeah and you meet the person and they don't fulfill some of the things and i wanted to sort of talk a little bit about the concept of settling because okay let's mm. say you're not going to get everything but you're going to get what god has meant for you to have but then you're going to be with that person for the rest of your life, hopefully. So how do you deal with the fact that, like, maybe there was certain things that you wanted them to be and they're not? So, okay, can, can you go a little That's bit deeper powerful. in that question? Yeah. The, give me an example, if you can. Um, okay. Um, like, you're pursuing someone in a relationship. Right. And they're not meeting the godly standards you want in that person. Not necessarily the godly standards. Oh, just things outside Certain it things, could be outside yeah. or it could be inside, but I'm just saying, like, let's say that there is a th particular thing mm -hmm. that you ideally would have wanted, right? Okay. And you're still moving forward, and so you're not going to get everything that you want, right? Right. So how do you deal with the things that you know that you're just not going to get out of the person? So I think that's, a, that's an awesome question because it leads all back to the same thing where um, when my mom answered this couple and said, God... She was like, only God is able to sustain you in the moments when you don't want to love, in the moments when things that the other person, because that other person is always going to do things that you might not like. Yeah. We're, we're dealing with personalities, with characters, with flaws, each one of us, even in friendships here. There's going to be things that maybe I do you guys don't like and vice versa, right? But this is where you need the grace. That's an ability that only God can give you. This is why I, it's so key in putting God the center. My parents have always said this to me. We, me and your dad would have been divorced many, 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 many years ago if God was never in the picture. You know? And that's the thing is, like, if you're finding character traits that maybe the person, that you're like, okay, I see that maybe they have God right. Maybe God is the center of everything. But maybe just financially, they're not doing good right now. Maybe just um, communication-wise, they're not communicating with these things. Listen, those are all things that can change. Mm. Yeah. Those are all things that it I knew I knew a couple. He's a big pastor now in Guatemala, Pastor Cashaluna. His story really marks me because when he first got with his wife, he knew he had a purpose, he knew he had a big calling. 
He got married and he had to move into a room, shared it with somebody that their mattress fit exactly the whole entire room. So you would get in and it's the mattress, right? And all he had was a guitar there, a Bible, two pillows for them to. That's where they would worship the Lord, seek the Lord. See, they had God always in the middle. Their God point was the standard. They were building on the Lord. Go look at them now. They have the most biggest church in Central America, I believe. Yeah. You know, where over 20, 30,000 people gather there every week. And why do I bring that story up? Because financial means are always going to change. You know, because I know people who are up right now and in, in when they start the relationship in marriage. Next thing you know, their business crashes. Mm -hmm. They lose everything. So if you were building off just, wow, I love this person that they have money. But then when they lose all the money, are you still going to love that person? See, mm -hmm. that's where you need God. Amen. Yeah, I think that's important to touch on as well as like, how do we establish God at the forefront of our relationship, right? Like what, what are the steps okay. that we need to take? And it, again, it doesn't have to be a relationship, but even with friendships, like you said as well, I think it's important to like surround yourself by those people because ultimately your friends are who you're going to become. And I hear that all the time, right? And I, even you've said this a well, the sermon is like the people that you surround yourself with is who you're going to start to become. So how do we yeah. as Christians establish that with our relationships or with our friendships and uh, a friend of mine, he, he just got engaged. Shout out to Sebastian. Love you, man. Um, one thing that he does every single day is he texts his fiance the verse of the day that, and they share that they share the same passion for the Lord, but mm -hmm. the beginning, the, the forefront of their relationship is seriously biblical, right? They go into work. They're even doing the class with their, with their pastor right now. So what are some things that we need to do in our relationships with our significant other, but also with our friends to help maintain that relationship with the Lord in the forefront of our relationship? Okay. First, you can't establish something you don't have. So you can't establish God if you first are not filled with God. Right. Because then you're going to fake it. And things and things that are superficial and faked always tend to fall later down. You could start two, three weeks maybe praying every day with your relationship. But if that was never something first established in your heart before you entered into a relationship... It's gonna, it's gonna, it's it's gonna start declining and declining and declining. Why? Because you're trying to sustain your relationship with God based off someone else's relationship as well, mm -hmm. or with someone else. And relationship with God is first personal. Right. You can't build a relationship with God with someone else as well and build together if your first relationship with God isn't established. Mm -hmm. And what do I mean established? Is that if you're first not first in love with Jesus first before falling in love with someone else, you got we got it mixed up and we got it twisted. Mm -hmm. Because that's how you first establish the Lord. Because, you know, when you're first in love with him, when you then go to find friends or friends start coming close to you or a relationship starts coming close to you, you have standards already. Mm -hmm. You have biblical standards, not worldly standards. You know what God wants from you. And you know what will be, what is someone who is also in the same line of following the Lord. So I think that's number one of how you establishing is making sure that your first life with God is established. Mm -hmm. right? yeah. And then number two, those are great things that you could do in a relationship, you know? And, and I encourage this even in friends, not just in romantic relationships. It's settle a day in the week where, hey... This date night, instead of going out or something, or instead of doing, or, you know, I'm going to come over your house, or we're going to meet somewhere, and let's read the Bible. Let's FaceTime and have a Bible study. Let's read one chapter of Proverbs, and then let's talk about it. Let's send a verse of the day and talk about it. Let's pray before going to sleep on the phone. You know, let's pray together. See, that's how you start establishing God in the relationship. But that first has to... has has to come out of an overflow of your personal relationship with God. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I just, I guess, 
what I want to ask is like, so for example, I'm going through a divorce, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the biggest things that I came across is the fact that when I was going through a divorce, I hit many stages to where I felt lonely or I wanted yeah. someone or I was eager to meet somebody. Right? Yeah. So one of the things that you just said was that like that the relationship you establish with someone and God has to come from your personal relationship. Mm-hmm. But what are some of the steps that we can take personally to establish that? Because I still feel like I'm still going through that, through mm-hmm. that channel, building that connection with God. Mm-hmm. Um, because I still want to have a relationship, a godly relationship with somebody. Yeah. But sometimes I have that, I guess, the the hardship of creating boundaries Yeah. that where it'll allow me to, one, still feel like I want to love somebody, but at the same time, I'm respecting and I'm honoring God. Yeah. See, and, and see, that's the thing is that that's why when I say we got to first fall in love with Jesus, because when you first fall in love with him completely, setting boundaries is not something difficult anymore. It just, it's an overflow. It's part of your nature. Like I, I say this, and, and to, I'm going to fully answer your question right now, but I just want to touch on this real quick. Is like when people are dealing with lust or certain specific sins, when people ask me, how do I overcome with these things? They're like, do I need to pray three hours? I need to uh, fast four days and all these things. All those things are great, but fall in love with Jesus and you're going to realize that you're, you're not even going to realize the moment you stop doing these things. Mm-hmm. They're just naturally going to fade away, right? So... In a relationship as well, when you're first locked up and fall in love with Jesus, when that other person then comes, like you, you no longer even want to maybe dabble on sin with that person. You want to keep your hands where they need to be and not in that other person's body. You know, maybe you mm. want to you start establishing these boundaries, but not because you're telling yourself, "I need to establish this. I need to establish this." No, is that you're just so in love with Him already that. These things are just part of your nature. You become one with the Lord. And to answer that question of how do we develop that relationship with God, right? How do we develop that, 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 that foundation? How do we first establish our relationship with God is this. I say this two things always. People who want to establish a relationship with God, number one, you got to be picking this book up every day. Mm-hmm. Every single day. I tell people this. How can you not read the Bible? Do you guys forget to eat? No. No, right? If you guys don't eat, what happens? We starve. You starve. It hurts. Headaches. <laughs> and sooner or later, you'll pass away if you stop eating. We get dizzy. Okay. The Bible says that we are made of a body, soul, and a spirit. Your spirit man needs food. That food, it can only be the word of God. That's what the Bible says when Jesus got tempted. Men should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Listen to this. When Jesus was talking to a woman in the well... Hey, the disciples went to go find food and get food for themselves and for Jesus because they hadn't ate all day and it was a long trip. When Jesus then speaks to this woman, she tells this woman her whole life. She said, uh, she starts telling him, uh, she, she comes up to him and she's like, where's your husband? And she's like, I don't have a husband. And she's like, yeah, you do. But the one you're with right now is not your husband. Like it's the other one. Mm. Right. And then afterwards, the disciples come and see that he's talking to a woman. And then after the woman is, they're done talking. Jesus is like, you're not going to eat. The disciples tell Jesus, Master, you're not going to eat. And he's like, I ate food that you know nothing about. And he's like, what do you mean? And she's like, my food is doing the will of God. Mm. So in other words, this fills us up. So if we're not picking up this Bible daily, if we're not picking up the word of God daily, you're starving your spiritual man. And if you starve your spiritual man, those things start reflecting in your physical life. Okay, when you don't pick up this Bible daily, this is a way of knowing the Lord. 
You know the mind of God through the word of God. So that's something that we need to establish first. That's why if you want to establish God in a relationship, make sure your foundation is the word of God and nothing else. Can I say something? Mm -hmm. I want to emphasize more on him being in the desert mm -hmm. because when Jesus went in the desert, the devil was challenging his identity. He kept asking him, if you are the son of God, mm -hmm. if you're this, if you're that. Yeah. And Jesus then had to prove absolutely nothing. Yeah. And I feel like we're living in a society where people have to show off and put themselves up there to kind of like qualify themselves and qualify, quali uh, be qualified above the world. But unfortunately, that's the downfall yeah. of so many people. Mm -hmm. A lot of celebrities make a name for themselves and they just become hectic for them. Right. You know? No, and that's so key because the reason why when the devil tempted Jesus and say, if you are the son of God, all the temptations, he first started off by saying, if you are the son of God, his identity, he never answered back and proved to him that he was the son of God. Every time he answered him back, it was through what? With the scriptures, yeah. With the word of God. See, the reason why this generation has identity crisis is because you don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. And you will never find out who you are if you don't pick up your Bible and read who you are. Because here, Jesus will give you identity. Yeah. God will tell you who you are. He will tell you you're his masterpiece. He would tell you you're his son, you're his daughter. We have the spirit of adoption now. So we are adopted in Christ. We are Christ. We are in him now. He's in us and we are in him. We'll find out in Corinthians as well how it says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? So you, this is the number one thing to establish. God in your life is pick up your Bible. And number two, you got to become a worshiper. Mm -hmm. You got to become a worshiper. You know, my, my sister is, is literally right here and she will tell you. You know, and this is not just this is not to boast about my prayer life, nothing like that. But it's just to be able to be vulnerable and teach you guys and everyone listening that you gotta be you to fall in love with Jesus. It's only through worship. It's it's big on worship. You gotta. That's why David, David was a worshiper. Mm -hmm. David danced. There's so many. You look at the Psalms. David wrote most of them. He was a worshiper at heart. And the Bible says that there was no one like David's heart. That David's heart was was pleasing to the Lord, right? And it was because of his worship. Yeah. So if you want to fall in love with Jesus before you fall in love with somebody else, fall in love with worshiping God. How do I do that? You might ask. You pick up your phone. You go on Spotify or Apple Music or YouTube. Set up a playlist of songs that you like, that, that touch your heart, that you really love worshiping to. You put them on and then you start worshiping. You get the lyrics up. You put them up and you just start 30, 40 minutes, just start worshiping and worshiping. You're going to notice how your heart starts becoming tender. And you're going to start realizing, because I always say this, when you worship, you God, God inhales your worship and he exhales his glory. That's so mm. good. You see, <laughs> That's really when good. you worship his worship, he's taking in your worship and what he's exhaling over your life is his glory. And what I mean by glory is his presence. Mm -hmm. The next thing you know, you're worshiping, you're worshiping, and then the, he's just starts pouring his presence out and out and out and out on you. Yeah. So that's how you really establish God first in your life. Fall in love with worshiping. Fall in love with prayer. Fall in love with that secret time with God. Fall in love with reading his word. And then when you want to establish a relationship, you're going to put in things into practice in that relationship that you yourself have already been practicing for many months mm. and weeks already. But the thing is that you want to start praying now with your significant other or a person you're interested in, but you never had a prayer life. Mm. Now, I'm going to... Here, I'm going to throw a wrench in there, right? Okay. So this is on building a relationship, mm -hmm. uh, finding someone. Yeah. But what if you're already in a relationship? Mm -hmm. Or what if you're already married? 
Okay. And you haven't been centered in God. And now God has come into your life and he's opened up, like, you know, the gates and he's just literally working. How can you work together to yeah. get to that place to where God is now the center? Because, I mean, you're married. So when you have the sense of lust or you have that sense of wanting to be with one another, mm-hmm. it's different. Yeah. So how can you center God in or in a already established relationship okay. or a marriage? Yeah. Um, if there's new people watching us or maybe you're new in the things of God right now, you're a new believer or you want to start getting into the things of God and you already have a relationship with somebody right now. The number one thing I recommend is go to marriage counseling, go to your pastor and start getting marriage counseling. Number one. So you guys could both establish God together in that relationship and as well as start practicing the things that we just did right now. Especially if you're in a relationship, you're not married yet, you have more of the liberty to be able to establish God in your personal life and see if the other person is willing to establish God in their life. Now, if you are married, right? Um, if If you are married and in your marriage, say... You come to Christ. An mm-hmm. example. I'm putting you as an example because yeah. you asked the question. Say you come to Christ, but the other person doesn't want to come to Christ. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, in that moment, you have two options. And I'm going to give you biblical truth to this. Mm-hmm. Number one, you work on with that person. Because the Bible says this. As a matter of fact, let me pull it up. It's on first. It's, it's yeah, in I, Corinthians. I have, I have it pulled up. Would you like me to read it? Yeah, can you what 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 chapter is it? It's First chapter seven. Uh, seven, and I believe it starts. Let's start with. Still at thirteen, I think. There's a little bit of twelve too in it, but it, yeah. Um, yeah. You ready? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's verse um, verse ten. Start verse with verse 10. ten. Okay. What translation are you reading? New Living. Okay. All right. So, uh, but for those who are married, I have a command that comes not from me, but from the Lord. A wife must not leave her husband, but if she does leave him, let her remain single or else be reconciled to him. And the husband must not leave his wife. Now, I will speak to the rest of you, though I do not have a direct commandment from the Lord. If a fellow believer has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to continue living with him, he must not leave her. And if a believing woman has a husband who is not a believer, and he is willing to continue living with her, she must not leave him. For the believing wife brings holiness to her marriage, and the believing husband brings holiness to his marriage. Okay, right there. I want to stop right there, and then we're going to continue, okay? Right there. If you have an unbelieving wife, and you're the husband, because you go to church, you are bringing holiness to her. Mm -hmm. You are sanctifying her by you going to church. This is why, and by being in God. This is why I say it's so crucial that I tell us young people here, I'm like, wow, you guys are here. God is touching your parents. God is touching the relationships around you. Why? Because you are the channel the Lord is going to use. You are the connecting point where God is going to start using everything else. So if you're listening to me and you're in marriage right now and you're wanting to pursue the Lord, but your wife doesn't, I'm speaking to the men here. If she is okay with you going to church and she's okay, like it says here, for if the for it says here, and if a believing woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is and he is willing to continue living with her, she must not leave him. For the for the believing wife brings holiness to her marriage and the believing husband. You know, so wife, if your husband doesn't want things of God right now, it's the, the answer is not divorce. The answer is not separation. The answer is prayer. And as you're going to church. And as you're seeking God and serving the Lord, 
God is sanctifying that marriage. I have a family member, uncle, my aunt, very committed to the Lord, very committed to the Lord. But my uncle didn't want anything to do with God. Mm. Right. But little by little, and it's been years of a battle, but he doesn't he doesn't stop her from going to church. He doesn't tell her, hey, you cannot go. And if everything she supports him and my parents always say this husband and wife never give a reason why your wife or your husband to not allow you to go to church. Example, if you're a wife, your husband, he doesn't want to go to church. Make sure you cook for him. Make sure you do everything he wants you to do. So then he doesn't give you an excuse of no, I, there's no food here. You're leaving church and you're going to church and you know that you're not taking care of our house. You're not taking care of the home. You know, then we have to do these certain things. Right. But my aunt, look what happened. Started happening little by little. God is touching his heart. God is touching his heart. Now here and there, he starts coming to church. Mm, wow. Now here and there, their kids are starting to go to church. My, my cousins. And all these things. So it's just like as you're going and the person is okay with it, you're sanctifying the marriage. Now let's let's continue. Re continue reading. Uh, um, okay, so I was at the part where... Okay, so otherwise your children would not be holy, but mm -hmm. now they are holy. Uh, but if the husband or wife who isn't a believer insists on leaving, let them go. In such cases, the believing husband or wife is no longer bound to the other for God has called you to live in peace. Mm -hmm. And then look what it says in the next verse. Do you do you wives realize that your husbands might be saved because of you? And don't you husband realize that your wives might be saved because of you? Mm -hmm. Each of you should continue living with what, whatever situation the Lord has placed you and remain as where when God first called you. So check this out. It's basically this. Look what how Apostle Paul first started saying. He said, this is not a command of the Lord. This is my command. This is what I feel in my heart. In other words, God is not saying that if, you know, the other person wants you to leave, let them go and divorce her just because the person is not a Christian or doesn't want to serve the Lord. You know, God's will is not for people to get divorced, right? The Bible says in Malachi that God hates divorce. But Apostle Paul is giving a, a suggestion, a command that, look, if the other person doesn't want anything, separate yourself from them. So you have two things. You talk out with the person. You say, hey. Um, this is the path I'm now starting to follow. Do you want to join me in this path? A lot of times they would say yes. A lot of, maybe sometimes they will say no. Right here, the scripture told us how to handle that situation. I don't want to, I don't mean to bounce around too much, but I think this ties in very well to this. Something that we spoke about last night was being unequally yoked, right? Yeah. And I think that ties in really well to what we're talking about right mm -hmm. now, because you can go into a relationship and as you spoke about it, if you're on fire for the Lord, and your significant other is not, there's there's an imbalance, right? Yeah. And you also spoke on, you can't always carry that relationship spiritually, right? There has to be some equal mm -hmm. equality in that as well. So like, as you were, as uh, Eric brought up, talking, talking about getting into a relationship and now you're in a relationship, you're on fire for the Lord. Say that person does want to go with you, but that person is not equally as equally yoked as you. Where do we find that balance? Whereas you can deal with the equally as yoked or non-equally as yoked, but you can still bring that person as scripture states that you can still bring it up um, spiritually and you can still hold them accountable spiritually. Does that well, make sense? Yeah, it does make, it makes sense. But remember when the Bible says in second Corinthians six 14, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to really uh, uh, read that right now. It's second Corinthians chapter six, verse, verse 14. Look what it says here. You want me to read it? I got it. Right you got now. it. Yeah. Read yeah. It. Mm hmm says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? And how can light live with darkness? Okay, look what the NIV says. 
It says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Okay. So when we talk about unequally yoked people, right? And you just asked right now, like, what do we do if if that um if that person um doesn't want to follow things? Well, first of all, if you're single right now, this is flat out the Lord speaking to you. Don't go for unequally yoked people. It's simple. Don't even try trying to work it out. It's not going to work. If that person is an unbeliever, there are two different paths than you are. The, the, the biggest thing that I always hear people say is, Jimmy, but I'm going to save the person. God's going to use me to speak to this person. God's going to use me to pray for this person. Watch, watch. I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to make sure this person, I'm, I'm discipling the person. I'm, I'm, I'm going to help the person out. Listen, from the stories that I've seen, 99% of that, never it never works. Why? Because then the other person starts pursuing God because they're in a relationship with you. But if you take that relationship with you outside of it, the person leaves God. Yeah. And also, you don't have to be married to that person or pursuing marriage with that person in order to have these conversations with them. So, like, let's say you do meet someone and that is their situation. That doesn't mean that you can't, you know, evangelize or you can't have conversations with them. It just means that maybe that person is not meant to be married to you. Maybe y'all are better off as friends or maybe there's someone that you can invite to your church and maybe, I don't know, but everything doesn't have to be about marriage. You know, you can meet people and decide that they're not for you. Yeah, that's something that you said that was that is really good. That, um, you know, just because, say, you're pursuing a relationship with somebody and you see that you're unequally yoked, right? You guys are not going, uh, you know, you guys are, don't have the same principles. You're realizing that your journey with God is very much different to what they want to do in life. Maybe what they just want to do is just go to church on Sundays and call it a call it a day. But maybe you're more about I want to pray every day. I want to actually biblically center our relationship. If the other per and and you're seeing that the other person doesn't want that, that doesn't mean that you know you got to be cold turkey and be like peace out. I'm done talking to you. It's just maybe that friendship wasn't meant to take the next step into a relationship. Symbol. You know, and we have to be okay with that and learn to be okay with not everything is meant for you. Yeah. And that's something that it's hard to grasp. It's hard to put in our heads, but we need to understand that she could be so attractive. She could maybe understand you like no one else can or vice versa. Right. But maybe it's just not meant to be. And that is okay. God got something better. God has something better. And that's the thing. If, you connect so good with that person, but spiritually it's unequally yoked. You guys don't see the eye to eye to things. Be you should be happy. One, God is delivering you from a headache. Amen. God is delivering you from destruction. And number two, that also means that God has someone better for you. It's simple. But the thing is that us human beings, we hate to try and understand that God has something better for us in that exact moment because we want to understand everything. So let me ask you this. Let's say that we run into this particular scenario. Let's say that the other person is not necessarily, you're unequally yoked at the moment. Let's say you give that person time to walk away and yeah. work on themselves. They then go and build their relationship with God, and now yeah. they come back and you would be equally yoked. Is it okay to just wait for that process to take place and then try the relationship once they're in a better place? Yeah, try it out and, and just make sure to realize that the reason why they also went on that break and dived into the Lord, that their foundation of why they're with Jesus is because they actually love Jesus, not because they love you and because they love you. Now they're wanting to love Jesus because then that's a shaky foundation because that person's foundation on the relationship with God is because of someone else. And don't get me wrong. I've seen people who've gotten saved and now they're pastors and leaders because they went 
seeking God with the wrong intention of trying to talk to someone else or with trying to just find a position in the church or whatever the case was, they went with wrong intentions, but then God made those wrong intentions and turned them into right intentions. Right. But that's something, if you're looking for a relationship, you got to learn to test that and really see like, okay, I want to dig deep down inside. Is this person actually fell in love with Jesus because they love Jesus. They had an encounter with the Lord or are they just going to church and wanting to read the Bible just to convince me that now they're good and now they're spiritual. So you got to give time to that. Right. And I think it's important Two things. uh, it's, we have to be careful with trying to save someone, especially if they don't believe in God, because I think there's also a little bit of getting church hurt that way. Ooh. Because if we try to bring someone into into God or we push them into bringing them into God, right? And let's just say the relationship doesn't work out. That person's going to label now, this guy's a Christian. He's probably the worst person ever or something else like that. Or he could go a million ways, you know? So we have to be careful with that. And when you separate or if there's a separation, we have to like be keen on listening to what God is telling us because the only one that can separate us if we're not ready for that relationship, if that person is for us, is God. And a lot of times, bro, we're so like stubborn. We want to like just stay there and we're like, ah, it's all right, we'll be friends. Yeah. And, but in reality, we have to take a break. We have to set apart yeah. because God has got to work on her heart and God's got to work on your heart. At two different yeah. levels, too, because yeah. you may be at a, a at a at a level where you're just starting, and the other person may be at a level where they've been established with God for years, or maybe they grew up in the church. So yeah, and 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 that's the thing too. It's like you guys could like when when the Bible specifically here is talking about unequally yoked people, it says do not be unequally yoked to unbelievers. It's basically meaning, for example, like all of us here, our spiritual journey is different. I've been, I've been, I've been raised up in church my whole life. I believe Dwayne, you as well. You know, there's some of you guys here, some of you guys, it's different stories. Maybe you guys got saved differently, all of those things. Right. But we are all in the same walk. We could work with that. Right. What the Bible really is talking about unequally yoked people is when someone completely is in an unbeliever, mm -hmm. you start talk, you started talking to them and they're never, they're not going to church. They weren't saved. Yeah, they could love the Lord. I could ask anybody in the street right now, do you love God? And all of them probably will say yes, right? Just because you love God does not mean you have a relationship with God because anyone can love the Lord. But if you have a relationship with God, fruits will show it. You have a prayer life. You read your word. You go to church. Things are showing that you have a relationship with God, right? So if you're talking to somebody, they're completely left field, not going to church, not never not have picked up a Bible, and now you're trying to talk to them, like, that's an unequally yoked person. In other words, that's an unbeliever. And the Bible says, don't be yoked with them. Stay away from them. And what the word yoke means, it's a it's a neck piece. It's a neck piece that they put on a bull's or cows. And basically, unequally yoked means is that one person is taking the burden or the weight more than the other person. And that's the thing is that when you're unequally yoked with someone, in other words, you're serving God, you're on fire for God, but the other person has nothing or does want, doesn't know God or, you know, even if they want maybe to have God or whatever the case is, you're going to start seeing that you guys are, you guys are principles. The way you guys view life is very different. Like mm. us yeah. Christians, we view, we, we view life through the lens of the word of God now, Amen. you know? Right. Mm -hmm. So if we then try and find someone who is looking through the lens of eyes of culture, of secular stuff. We're looking at two different, we're, we have two different prescriptions in our glasses. Complete mm -hmm. opposites. And I want to ask you this as well, because um, you actually sort of answered my question a little bit. What, what, what do we call it when it's not necessarily unequally yoked, I guess, but like, let's say you do have two Christians 
but one is at a level of spiritual maturity that's very different than the other. Yeah. Like, how do you deal with those situations? So in those situations, it's pretty funny because I actually know a couple who are like, and they're pastors now, that she was a, she was a, she was already like an elder at the church or something. And he was like, basically like, you know, he was in church already, but he was like developing his relationship with God. And and, and these are special scenarios and really good ones because God can do it. God, in the, in a matter of a year or two, just spiritually, this man just uh, exploded wow. in the sense of he matured, but he put his part. He was seeking the Lord and God took him up to level up to her spiritual level. And that's and that's and that's a key point that you say that he was looking for God mm -hmm. because he was looking for God. Mm -hmm. God gave that to him because yep. that connection was there. Yep. Because if he was just going to God because of her. That would have never That's happened. Exactly. That's why I emphasize. Make sure that person is connection with God was first, not you trying to force that connection to God with that person because just, oh, man. Yeah. And I want to I wanna tie this to that. It, mm -hmm. I think it's, it's important, too, that when we're looking for God, that we clean our inside before we clean our outside. Yes. Because there's a lot of times that we have such a mess mm -hmm. on the uh, on the inside that... Yeah. And we're just like, we don't want to tackle that. Yeah. And we'd rather clean our appearance. We'd rather look nice. We'd rather, you know, brush our hair and do all these things. But we're just so unhealthy in the inside. Yeah. And we don't even care to do that. And the funny thing is that it has happened to me to where I come to God praying about all my worries, about everything that's going on in my day-to-day -day life. But in reality, sometimes I'm even scared to bring in and open up my closet to all my dry bones and talk about what's really hurting in my heart. Yeah. Because I want to clean what's going on on the outside, but not necessarily on the inside because I'm scared of that. Yeah. So mm -hmm. um, what can you say to like to encourage people that we really have to clean our inside? Yeah. Instead of cleaning the outside. Well, that was a big problem that Jesus had with the Pharisees. If you do realize who opposed Jesus. The most was the Pharisees. The Pharisees. Who crucified Jesus? The Pharisees. You know who the Pharisees are? Quote unquote nowadays. Leaders. The religious leaders. Yeah, Christian leaders. Yeah. yeah. Christians. You know, we there's modern day Pharisees now. Yeah. You know, and the thing is that Jesus had the problem with Pharisees where he would tell the Pharisees, you have your outside cup clean. Because the Pharisees, they'd be the first one in the temple. They'd be the ones praying outside to the public so everyone could see them praying. They'd be the first ones fasting, and you could, they would tell everybody, I'm fasting, I'm starving right now, I'm hungry. You know, they, they just mm. physically in the outside show a form of godliness, but they were denying its power. And the thing is that Jesus said, you Pharisees, stop cleaning up the outside. Clean up first the inside, because once you clean up the inside, the outside is going to be cleaned. And that's why there is insecurity. This is the thing. God is not afraid of your insecurities. God is not afraid of your mess. God is not afraid of your depression. God is not afraid of your trauma. God is not afraid of your sexual abuse that you went through as a child. God is not afraid of all the junk that in your mind you think you hold or have. God takes that. God cleans it. God washes it. The Bible says that when he forgives our sin in his mind, when you try and then remind him of what you did, in God's mind, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about because I forgave you already. Mm. Yeah, I think that's important too. And I think this is something that you touched on a couple of weeks ago was don't rush the process. And I have this in my notes in very bold letters is don't rush the process because as we're cleaning our mess on the inside, as we're allowing God to clean the mess on the inside, we always think it's supposed to be at a certain time, right? And I think we talk about this a lot in church and, and even in our daily lives is that 
you know, God's timing is a perfect timing, but as we're cleaning our inside, you know, we just have to trust in the Lord and we have to trust in what he's doing, that everything that he's doing is going to fall into play of what is actually the real plan. And we don't, I feel like a lot of the time we have, we build up a lot of pride and we develop our ego like, oh, this has to be done. I think this goes back to the list, but you know, we have this, this, these priorities in our line when in reality, like, like Eric was saying, like we clean our mm-hmm. inside first and we allow God to do that. And we trust that his timing will be the right timing, that everything else will fall into place and that all of the outside will come along with cleaning the inside. Yeah, no. And, and, and that's the thing is that you got to allow a process of healing to happen. You, you like, the, you know, we call it rebounds nowadays mm-hmm. where you're in a relationship. And then as soon as you know, you're done with that relationship, you jump quick quickly to another relationship you never allowed time to be you never gave yourself healing time oh is it jimmy you don't know how long it takes me to heal i could heal in two to three days no you don't no you can't like you have to really allow the lord to heal you and mm. the lord can't heal you in one day the lord can but it's it's not wise then just to quickly jump into something else yeah. you know because you have to guard yourself guard your heart guard your testimony and you gotta learn you just gotta go especially like you know people have been through a divorce going through a divorce process, allow God to heal you first. Because if we're jumping to a lot of things, we're bringing the mess of our previous divorce, previous insecurities, previous setbacks into our new relationship that God has for us. And this is the thing. We never want to damage something that God could maybe have for us because of our damage and our destruction from the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go. Sorry. Um, I feel like we put the emphasis too much on what we expect on the other person mm. we'll rather focus on our own hearts. Yes. Because one verse that stands out in Proverbs, can I read it? Yeah. It's in Proverbs 14, 13. It says this, laughter can conceal a heavy heart, but when the laughter ends, the grief remains. So there's a lot of things that's going on in our own hearts that we don't even know. Actually, we hide it. Right. Right. And the only one who can reveal that, the only one who knows our heart is the Lord. Yeah. But unfortunately, the society, music, movies, all of that, they give us a charade to think that people are going to give us what we're supposed to be, yeah. what we're meant to live in, what our heart is supposed to live up to. And that that is so key because we live in a world now that has more and more relationships and less and less love mm. and more and more sex and less and less intimacy, mm. you know, because we expect someone to fill a void in our hearts that only God can fill. Mm-hmm. See. Yeah. We're trying to be in relationships because you're like, you know, you mentioned something previously, Eric, where you're just like, you know, we're trying to just fill that loneliness. We're trying to fill that acceptance again, thinking that a person can fill that. Only God can fill it. Yeah. Only Mm. God can fill it. And the thing is that we need to be after love. We need to pursue love, not just relationships. Because we're just jumping into relationships. But I have a question. Do you love the person? Mm Mm-hmm. Or are you just jumping into a relationship because of your loneliness? Yeah, there's something that you touched on right after that as well a couple of weeks ago was the soul ties, right? We, we kind of tie that in together because like we always look for that rebound. We always look for somebody to fill that in. And you spoke on this a lot about the soul ties because whenever you commit intimately with somebody, you're bound with their soul. It says it in scripture. You are, you are binded with their soul. So all of those feelings that you were feeling before, now they're feeling and vice versa. You're yeah. feeling all of these things that you're feeling. So there's never really any healing process because now instead of filling that void, quote unquote, with that intimacy, you're actually just adding on more and more to your life and to yeah. your old soul. Well, you know, this is not to judge anybody, but if you've out here are having sex with just anybody or with multiple, multiple people, you're becoming one with that person. 
So next time you jump to a relationship and if you haven't healed and you haven't broken any soul tie, then in other words, you are bringing 10 different people with you to that relationship. You're bringing six different people to that relationship because you're bringing a piece of each person that you slept with into that new relationship without first allowing God to heal your heart first. So the Bible says we become one with people. We become one when we have sexual intercourse with somebody, right? And the thing is that when you become one with that person, imagine how many people we became one with, people who are, you know, we're, that are sleeping around, thinking that love is just has to do with sex, that love has to do with just sleeping around, when no, all that is just superficial, all that is physical. I can, I can testify to, to that because at my job, um, I don't want to say names, but there's a young lady who has had many relationships. Just as soon as she finished one, she's with another one, mm-hmm. right? But there was one where the guy was a smoker, right? And then she became a smoker. Mm. But then he left, she stopped smoking. So she would always become who she was with. Wow. You know, it was like it was like an outward display of what was going on in her life. Wow. You know, she also told me that she was with guys who were extremely alcoholic and then she became an alcoholic. Mm. And now she stopped, right? Yeah. So I mean it, it it becomes you're you're setting yourself in a trap of bondage because that right there is incredibly tough to get out of. And you know what the issue with that is there's people who don't stop afterwards. And yeah, it's crazy because here's the thing. When you create a soul tie, you're not only creating the soul tie with that person, you're creating the soul tie with the demons that they're carrying. Mm-hmm. And then the bondage is now not just to that person, but to everything else that they had behind yep. them. And you don't know what they have in their lifetime. You don't know what their like, families have gone through. Mm-hmm. So and it's you got to be really careful. Yeah. And that's the thing is that condoms don't protect you from demons. Oof. I remember you saying that so many <laughs> times. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they don't protect you from these things. Because what happens is that these things Sheesh. and these spirits and these demons, next thing you know, you're dealing with depression. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it protected you from having a baby with somebody, but it didn't protect you from now having these demons torturing you and coming yeah. at you. Shame, guilt, regret. You know what I mean? How many people have one night stands and then the next second day you're regretting everything that happened? There's 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 an emotional t- uh, toll on that. Yeah, one hundred percent. I know people who they're still dreaming about their ex who they were with three four years ago, who are having nightmares about the person who can't stop thinking about the person because there's an emotional bondage attached to that person, and only Jesus Christ can set you free from that. Yeah. Only the Spirit of God, but you yourself allowing yourself to open yourself to the Lord and allowing Him to heal you. Because that's the thing is that we have taken sex as just for granted nowadays. Like now, now it's a, it's a it's a prideful question to, or it's a feel good ego question. It's like, how, what's your body count? Mm. Oh yeah, mine's twenty. What's yours? Like what? Why? Yeah, and it's crazy because I feel like intimacy is misconstrued with having sex. Mm-hmm. Like. Our, like when God asked for our intimacy, like mm-hmm. when God called Moses to go to the mountain, he, he just wanted to be in his presence. Yeah. He just wanted intimacy to God is just being in his presence. Yeah. So that's the same type of intimacy that we should be looking with people yeah. to be in, in, in God's presence with that person next to us. 100%. Intimacy is more about quality time than it is what about actually the action of of, 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 of making love to somebody or doing all these things, you know, because you could get to know somebody in a very intimate conversation, five, 10 minutes, then sleeping around that lasted 30 seconds, a minute. What did you get to know about that person in that moment? Nothing. 
mm-hmm. that it felt good, that it was good, that it satisfied you. But what what virtue, what did you get out of that person? So we need to be involved more in love and intimacy than just relationships and sex. Mm-hmm. You know, all these things. Yes, they do play a role in the relationship. But like I, I mentioned in, in the preaching, it's like, OK, one day, you know, it's not going to feel the same one day. That relationship, that sexual relationship isn't going to be the same when you're 70 years old, when you're 60 years old. So what will be able to maintain you and sustain you in that moment? Only the Lord can. And I I, I had written this down and I want to and I just really want to touch on it is this. It says that. um, Let me find it here. I I had I had it. Oh, don't let pursuing good times dating instead of faithful marriage and covenant be your default. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of us we're just pursuing good times. I just want to date around, Jimmy. Just want to date. Mm. Yeah, but if you're just dating and dating, that in other words, you're telling me that you're a perfect, you're a person without purpose. Mm. Because mm-hmm. when you have purpose, you know what you want. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying that it could maybe take two to three different dates to find out maybe that right person for you. But don't go with the intention of I just want to date, never looking for an actual covenant. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point because a lot of the times, and you hear this a lot from people that are non-believers or they're looking for scripture on dating. The Bible doesn't talk about dating, but what it does talk about is fellowship. And I and I heard this from uh, I was listening to another podcast, and there was this guy who was saying he's like, I don't ever date anybody. I always fellowship with this person. I get to know her and her friends. I get to know the people around her. I get to know her relationship with the Lord because ultimately, when the relationship, as we talk about what we look for and what we value in a relationship, it's about that intimacy with the Lord that they already have, that we can just become intimate with them with the Lord, mm-hmm. right? And, it, and it's, I think it's really hit or miss when it comes to a lot of Christians because, you know, it's easy to fall in and out of those secular things, but ultimately, you know, it's, again, like I said, it's hard to find scripture about dating because there is none, but there is a lot of scripture about fellowship, and I think that's something that can be taken into consideration when it goes into finding a relationship with somebody because the the Bible speaks a lot about that. Well, the greatest wisdom in the Bible is the book of Proverbs. Is the book of Proverbs yep. and when it comes to relationships and this is the thing why well, the reason I brought this topic too in this series on relationship is because nowadays when even Christians are going through relationship hurdles or secular people are going through relationship problems, the last thing they do is run to the church. The last thing they do is run to the Bible. When the Bible is the book filled with the most wisdom for your relationship. Absolutely. Like you want to know how to win in relationships? Read your Bible. Read Proverbs. The Bible is filled with wisdom on relationships, on friendships, on marriage. You want to, on your personal life. This is the book. You want the best self-help book? The Bible. Mm-hmm. You you want the best book to upgrade you to your next life? You want you want a book to 10x your whole life? The Bible. The Bible, Scripture, will take you to that place. And the thing is that, you know, we need to learn to follow God's plan for our life. Absolutely. And that was the first part that I brought in the, the first series. On the, fir- on the series of the first part was follow God's plan for your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God's plan for our life is bigger than our own plan. What if I told every single person here watching me, listening, those are that are here, if there was a bigger plan than what you already have in your own mind, wouldn't you want to follow that? That's God's plan for our lives. And if God has already a plan for our life, we have to learn to put our will to the side and learn to trust his plan. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm realizing as you're talking about this? I feel like your sermons build on each other. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, we literally had that sermon about that, like with the teddy bear. Yeah. Like, what's your teddy bear? Mm -hmm. And then there was also another thing that I was thinking about when we were talking about the soul ties where you preached on, like, now that you've been set free, how do you stay free? Yeah. 
So I just wanted to bring that up real quick yeah. because I'm realizing it's sort of like this building, building and building. We're exactly. getting somewhere. Because this is the thing <laughs> as like, as, as, as I'm preaching and I'm pastoring, I'm, I'm, quote, I'm a builder. I'm Bob the Builder out here. You know what I mean? Where I have to make sure I construct and build according to what we need and what the body of Christ needs and what the church needs, what people need. And we have to learn to the Bible says in Jeremiah, he says, I've chosen you from your mother's womb. See, God has chosen us before the foundations of the earth. Incredible. So God has a purpose for you. God has a plan for you. We just need to learn his plan and trust his plan. Not knowing that, look, maybe that person may look good for you. Maybe you might think that is the right person for you. But have you asked God, God, is this the person you have for my life? Mm. Is this the friendship you have for me? Is this the person you want to get married to me? Because in your eyes, it can look good. But God's plans could be so much different and better than what you think you have inside of you. And the only way for you to figure that out and find that out is learning to submit your will to his. It's not what I want. It's what you want. And it's great because I love the fact that you that you uh, you gave those imagery in that when you say present that person to God. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard because a lot of times we're like, we are ashamed of presenting that because we don't want to hear the, no, no, it's no, yeah, no it's, it's, not not, it. it's not it. Yo, it, let me tell you, when yeah. I was... When I was in certain relationships, you know how I also knew that person wasn't it for me? I would always be afraid to present that person to God. Same here. I would, I would, I would be scared to be like, God, I present to you this person, and Lord, if it's your will, mm -hmm. let it stand. And if it's not, take this person away. And I would always be afraid to do that because in my heart, I knew it wasn't God's will. So if I knew if I prayed that to God, God would take immediate action to that. So that's how you really know if someone is really not it. If you're afraid to present them to God, mm -hmm. if you're afraid to pray to God about that person, most likely that person is not it because God wants the best for you. And you yourself deep down in your heart know as well mm. that, hey, that person's not it. No, and you said this too. You go, right intentions, wrong person. Exactly. Right? So, and it's easy to find, or it's hard to distinguish that line because you're like, mm, you know, they have all these intentions or I have all these great intentions, but it's like... Mm. And, and that's the thing is that a lot of us, we could have a relationship with God. We could be established with God. We could be doing so good, but you're putting the wrong effort into the wrong person. Yeah. You know, that's why we must follow God's plan for our life, which is so much bigger than ours. And this is the thing. I want to dare everyone here and I want to challenge everyone listening to listening to this podcast and watching and watching us right now is dare to silence. And I challenge you to silence the voice of culture, silence the voice of your friends, silence the voice of your own mind that may be telling you this is good for you. This person is right for you. Silence all that. And you might in that moment just hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because mm. a lot of times we don't even hear God's direction and God's voice for this relationship because in your mind, you already have made it up that this is the person. bro. And you're trying to convince yourself that it's from God. Exactly. Well, no, hold on. You try to convince God. You try to convince this... God because God already God. knows that it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you try to convince Yo, you imagine God. that? You imagine we're trying to convince God out yeah, here. Like, yeah. This is the person. Please, God. It's like you go to your mom and like, ah, look, this person's great Listen, for me. Listen, do you know how many times I had to convince my parents on a relationship I was in? 
My mom, you know, my mom, my mom would pass the radar and be like, I don't like this person. No, that's. The, I was about to say that. Why do moms always know best? Listen, Loki, man, because I, I remember bringing girls. They came into the out house. of you, bro. No, they, <laughs> I mean, you, 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 we, we came out of them. I'm sorry. No, but that's real. Bro. But like, I remember bringing people to my mom, and she was like, "Would you bring this person to God?" Yeah. And she would be like, you be like, Ooh, what, what do you?" Who? She hit you with it. What would Jesus? Yeah, because she always knew. Like, <laughs> what would Jesus do? No, but the thing is, was too. She was always like, she because I didn't bring a lot because you know, like full disclosure, I'm gonna be hot really quick because I used to bring a lot of girls you know i would but i would only bring a few to my mom and then the ones that i brought my mom it was like i would not bring some and i'll bring some to my mom and then i was like my mom and she goes all right can you bring this one to jesus and if you said no then that's not the right one if you're like yeah then oh, wow. that's good yeah. it was like a stepping stone you that's know a good I mean? that's a good point right there if you know how to, if, if, you're, if you're debating about this person's it would you bring this person up to god yeah, and does your mother want this woman raising her grandbabies? Exactly, it's like it's, that's it's a, the thing. Yeah. It's a bunch of things, you know. Like mm. it, a lot of things are in play. Yeah. A lot of things are it's in play with these things. But that's why I say before you jump into a relationship, like slow it down. Yeah, pump the brakes. Yeah, like you know, because if you're if you just want to get married and a Christian, you just want to get married to have sex. You're in it for the wrong intentions. Yeah, you know, or you're just in a relationship because. You're you're trying to get married because you're trying to stop watching pornography because you're actually now trying to actually like have an, a relationship with somebody. Then you're in it for the wrong intentions. Yeah. You're not in it because you love the person, or you're not in it because God wants you to be with this person. Mm -hmm. So we have to really learn that like pump the brakes. One thing that uh, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. One thing that really ministered to me a lot is when you said how you used the example of Adam. First, he was created, yes. and then he had he had, he was walking with God in the Garden of Eden. Yes. And God assigned him to a thing. Mm -hmm. Before he even had a marriage, yeah. he was assigned to a purpose. So let, let's let's let, put let's let, 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 let's put a pin and let's start with this. Because um when God created Adam, because look, there's so much revelation in just the book of Genesis on relationships. Oh yeah. When Forget God it. created us, there was so much revelation in that specific first couple chapters of the Bible. Let's start with this. When God created Adam, it was only the only two people to exist was the Lord and Adam. Mm. In other words, God and Adam were homeboys. They were homies, mm. right? Before God ever made Eve, God first made sure that he had a relationship with Adam. So before you jump into a relationship, make sure first you have a relationship with God yeah, because right before there. God put Eve in Adam's life, God first established a relationship with him and Adam established a relationship with God. And mm -hmm. we want to do the opposite. We right. want to run into a relationship oh, yeah. without first having a relationship with God. And to tie this to the first night that you spoke about this is the fact that God is not afraid of commitment. And we should have a covenant with God before we have a covenant with anyone else. Mm. Because that's the problem. We want to have a covenant, a covenant with everyone else, and not with God. And yeah. if we can't sample that covenant that we have with God, then how can we even be successful with the covenant we have with anyone else? Yeah. Listen, I knew of a pastor who every time before going to pray, he would do his hair to go pray because he's like, I want to present myself right for the Lord. Dang, you that's know, so you know what crazy. I mean? Crazy, like that's crazy. the small things. It's that's small insane. things, but that just gives me to show his relationship with God how deep it is. That's yeah. so that he has to take it to that level. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I was be like, oh, that's too much. Well, you don't. This this man probably has a really tight relationship with yeah. the Lord. And with mm. the Lord are tight. I mean, homies. I think I think it grows because mm -hmm. you need to know what Christ did on the cross for us. Yeah, and when the more you grow in that knowledge. 
you're going to value him more. Of course. You're going to love him more. And the thing is that you got to spend time with him to value him. Exactly. You know, you got to spend time in his word. Like, how do you how do you develop a relationship? By going on dates? By getting to know the person? By, you know, you're Intimacy. on the phone five, six hours on the phone with them, you know, and you can't sleep. You, you can't go to sleep because you just, you you're just so here with butterflies Giddy. in your stomach. And you're like, oh, my God. Bro, oh my but God. you spend five, six hours on the phone, but you only spend 15 minutes praying. Woo! Imagine that. Look at that. Not even. Five. Yeah, not even. Just five minutes. That's the thing. So it's like we got to commit first to the Lord before we commit to anybody else. So establishing a relationship with God needs to be priority. Like we've been talking about really this whole podcast has been on that. How we need to establish a relationship with God. See, God never gave Eve anything. I mean, God never gave Adam Eve without first setting that as a priority. Mm -hmm. And the thing is that like we need to make sure that is also our priority. And if you're you're already in marriage, start making that your priority. What is the first thing you're doing when you wake up? Are you picking up your Bible? Are you saying good morning, Holy Spirit? Are you giving your are you are you giving your tithes to the Lord every single day? You know, are you giving your first fruits to God every single day? Are you giving Him the best of your day, or are you just giving Him the leftovers of your day? Are you just giving him the five minutes of like, oh, my God, I'm tired. I'm, I have to wake up early. God, thank you so much for this day. I bless you, Lord. I thank you. I give you this day. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. And you leave. That's not prayer life. That's mm -hmm. not. That's just basically you doing a drive through order with God mm -hmm. where you're just like, Oof. God, thank you for this, this, and that. And then you dip. Like, God wants communion. Yeah, don't DoorDash God. Literally, don't Uber <laughs> don't, Eats him. Don't like, Uber Eats Jesus. You have to settle a relationship with God and actually spend quality time with him. I'm pretty sure if your friend or your couple, your your, your, a relationship you're in would be like, look, I only have 10 minutes for you. And you're trying to just build a relationship and a marriage off 10 minutes every single day of talking. Yo. You'd be like, no, nah, this is not for me. So God is saying you the same thing, too. Stop giving me 10 minutes. You know, and especially in the times we're living in, we don't got time to just be praying five minutes anymore. No. We we in some heavy times where temptation is knocking at every single store. At every single, you pick up your phone, pornography. Oh yeah, literally social media everywhere. You pick up your phone, gossip. Mm. You pick up your phone, lust. You pick up your phone, cursing. You pick up your phone, drugs, alcohol. We need to be having a relationship with God. Know God. That's why the Bible says that you know before you love your neighbor. Love yourself. Because mm. you, it says, you know, you must love your neighbor as you first love as, as you as you love your neighbor as you love yourself. You can't love people if you're not loving yourself. And the only way you love yourself is not by giving your, your you know yourself a day to just go to the city and walk around and give yourself a manicure and a pedicure. No, you love yourself mm -hmm. by loving God. I want to say more on that because this whole emphasis of loving yourself. A lot of people have perverted it as, yeah. as like a prideful thing, yep. but it really is not. Mm -hmm. Because when you read the story of Jonathan and David, mm -hmm. many, many times throughout the text, it said, you know, Jonathan loved David as he loved himself. So yeah. much so that Jonathan was willing to die for David and was working in favor for David, despite his father being Saul, mm -hmm. persecuting David, going really in on David. And it's like, you don't see that anymore. Yeah. No, not even don't. for us. You, you don't. Know? And the thing is that you can't, you, there is no possible way of really fully loving people the way God loves people if you're not first connected to the source, which is God. Absolutely. He is the source of love. And check this out. You guys know the Ten Commandments, mm -hmm. right? Okay. That was the requirement in the Old Testament that people had to follow the Ten Commandments, right? When Jesus came, he made all the commandments into two. What is the first one? Love. You shall love, love. your God with all your heart with all your soul, and, and with all your strength. Mind. 
right? That is number one. And then what is the second commandment that he put? Love your neighbor. As you love yourself. As yourself. You see, God grabbed one command. He grabbed he grabbed one commandment. He got it from Deuteronomy. And the second one he got from Leviticus. Look at this connection between the two. What is the first one? To love God. What is the second one? Love your neighbor. In other words, you can't love your neighbor if you first don't love God. Exactly. That's why the first commandment is to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Because you need to first love him before you can fulfill the second commandment, which is love your neighbor as you love yourself. You can't get the love to love your neighbor if you first are not loving Jesus. That's why that's the first commandment, to love him. And when you love him, there is an overflow in your life to learn to love other people. And that's why marriages fail because you're trying to love people in your own strength. This is why friendships fail because you're trying to love and understand them in your own strength. When there is a part of you that needs to learn to love God for him to give you the second part of love, the other ability, the supernatural love to love unconditionally. Mm -hmm. Because we as humans cannot love unconditionally without God. No, we can't. We cannot. We can't. Look at Jesus Christ. He was hanging on a cross. There was a man right next to him who was a thief. He was in pain. He was nails in his hand, nails in his feet, and he forgave the thief that was next to him. That's love. Mm-hmm. That type of love, only a relationship with God can give. Amen. You cannot find that unconditional love by thinking today, I'm going to love this person unconditionally. What if the person backstabs you? What if that friend backstabs you? Would you be able to forgive? Mm. No, I think there's, we talk about this a lot in church. Mm. We talk about this a lot, you know, even in our own personal time together. We talk about pride in a lot of things because, and this is something that I pray for is I ask God for his love and his mercy and his faith because without him, our love is petty. You know, we can love people because, because of their money. We can love people because of what they bring to the table. And Mm -hmm. ultimately that thief was hanging on the cross with Jesus, brought nothing to the table. Like if you're, if we're looking at it from a secular standpoint, this, this person was nothing but god out of the or jesus out of like the grace of his heart and by the the love of god forgave him and then i bet there's a party in heaven with him yeah but but you know what that teaches us too though that teaches us that no matter the pain you're going through you gotta love absolutely oh jesus was in some crazy physical pain Mm -hmm. oh yeah Mm -hmm. in an Mm -hmm. emotional type of pain that his own people crucified him Oh, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. right before he went to the cross, what was he doing? He was praying God that he didn't have to do that. Like, yeah. Please don't make me do this. And that's some spiritual pain. Right imagine there. your own people crucifying you. Oh, yeah. Imagine if it was one of us. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine that. Like, we're all brothers yeah. in this. Imagine Ima- if it was one Imagine of us. you're bleeding. Such a out. rejection. Completely. Yeah. Emotionally, how he was feeling. Yeah. Yet he still had the opportunity to forgive somebody. Was that verse that goes in, in Romans? Though we were sinners, he still loved he us. He still loved us. Yeah. Even though we were sinners. He still loved us. That's true love. And we can't understand that love unless you're connected to that love. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. You know? So relationship with God is priority. That's the first relationship we need Mm -hmm. to have before anything else. And that's why singlehood should be priority. Mm. Like singlehood is not a time of where you're just discouraged or you're just like, I'm finding the one. Singlehood is your prime time with God. Singlehood, that's why if you're single... Take this time to lock in with God because once you're married and once you have kids, you're going to have to schedule things out. But right now, as you're single, you could do a whole vigil with the Lord. You could read your Bible and no one interferes. You You won't have a little baby trying to knock your Bible out of your hand or you won't have to change some diapers Mm -hmm. or you won't have to please your wife's needs right now that take out the garbage. Hey, let's go do this. Hey, I need this. Hey, why don't we go do that? You know, or just loving that other person. Right now, as in singlehood, you have the full right. 
the liberty to love Jesus completely. So singlehood is not a bad thing. Singlehood is a good thing because in singlehood, you can fully develop God so much that when you do enter into relationship, when you do enter into marriage, when you do enter into friendships, you're carrying such a beauty with you, such a weight on you from your relationship with God. And what so, about like, uh, there are some people that choose singlehood just in general. Okay, Apostle Paul talks about yeah. that. Apostle Paul chose singlehood and he said that it's a gift from God. Mm -hmm. And he says he wished that a lot of people had that gift because Apostle Paul talks about that when you become married to someone, that per that person takes that priority in your life. You know, your kids start taking priority in your life. So Apostle Paul says, hey, I'd rather you be single than for you to be married. Because when you are single, you can fulfill the purpose of God with no distractions. You can spend time with God with no distractions. But when you get married, that person now becomes your priority. No, right? that's a question. But that is a Sorry. gift from God. No, that's a question that I actually was given that somebody was asking me about, you know, God and everything, which praise Jesus for that. But they were also asking me, like, you know, what about the priests in a Catholic church or something yeah. like that? They're, they don't get married or whatever the situation was or in even any kind of other church. Where, yeah. why, why don't you do that? They, and they asked me that. Why don't you... Why don't you see that um, that you're single forever? And I and I also I brought up the scripture that says you know be fruitful and multiply and all these other things. Mm -hmm. But you know there is like you said there's different levels uh, to it. And I, but I don't think that one is greater than the other. No, you know of course I mean? not. I mean look how many look how many priests have abused kids. Yeah. Look how many priests have sexually harassed so many kids. Why? Because they took up on a position that God never gave them a gift for. Yeah. A right. gift like. A, it's a gift from God to stay single. Yes. It's a gift from God. Apostle Paul says it in Corinthians, if your passions burn, go get married. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, put some ice there. Yeah. And, and, and just wait it out. You know yeah. what I mean? Because single, staying single your whole life and not, you know, participating in and being fruitful and multiplying and whatnot and, and you know, being able to uh, have sexual relationships the right way in covenant with yeah. marriage. If you're able to abstain from that and that's a gift God has given you, props to you. That's good for you. But the thing is this though too, you got to make sure it's a gift from God because look what God happened and with God happened with Adam. Mm. When God created the heavens and the earth, he said it was good. When God created Nemo, he said it was good. When God created all the whales, he said it was good. When God created... The oceans, the mountains, everything. He said it was good. When God created Adam, he said it was very good. Mm. Listen, the first time in all humanity, the first time God said something wasn't good was when he looked at Adam and he said, it's not good for man to be alone. God didn't make a mistake in that moment, but something was missing. Mm -hmm. And God realized that Adam needed a companion. God needed a partner. See, God just didn't want you to live a lonely life. God does not want you to live a life with no friends and no relationships. Why? Because God knows that in loneliness, you hear the voice of the devil even louder. The devil wants to distract you and keep you alone, keep you not from coming to church, keep you from hanging out with Christian friends, keeping you from entering into relationships because the echoes of depression start becoming so much more louder in that moment. The voice of anxiety starts becoming more louder in that moment. We see it through Eve. When Eve was tempted, she was alone. Mm. I think it's important to, to take a look at the fact that it's part of the process. Because mm -hmm. if God wanted it to, he would have made Adam. And then shortly after, Eve. God made Adam first so yes. that he could be alone with, with him. God. And like Adam and God by themselves. Yes. Just them. 
it's part of the process. Mm -hmm. And because he needed to put him there, so like you said, for him to find his purpose, yes. for him to work through whatever he needed to work through. Well, let's, let's touch on that right now. When God first created Adam, he first made him, right? Mm. Established a relationship with him. They were homies. They were talking. Adam started naming all the animals. You know, a Adam was, the Bible says that Adam was doing his job, right? Listen to this. He was having a relationship with God. Then this happens. God then tells Adam, I want you to cultivate the land. Mm. I want you to take care of Eden. I want you to take care of this garden. See, God gave him purpose right there. Mm. So God gave Adam a relationship with him first, then God put him to work. In other words, he gave him purpose, and then Eve came. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do is we want to do the total opposite. We want Eve first before we get our purpose and our relationship with God. And then we want to work at it. And then we want to work at the relationship and all, all these things. And that becomes a whole mess. God first established an order. Find a relationship with me. Establish a relationship with me. Number two, find your purpose. Work in your purpose. Walk in your purpose, and then Eve will come. Mm -hmm. Then, because this is a thing, Adam didn't have to go looking for Eve. God said it's not good for man to alone, and God put Eve in her in His path. But Adam wasn't just out here chilling, going to a club trying to find a girl. Mm -hmm. Adam wasn't out here on a dating app trying to find a girl. Adam wasn't desperate to find a wife. Yeah. Mm -hmm. God Himself realized the need that He needed, and God Himself put Eve in His path. That's the thing. We want to put even our own path. I think that I think that the main problem is the fact that we are asking God, right, to for our Eve or our Adam. And the problem is that we can ask the Creator it for something. Or hold on, I wrote this down. Right, it says a lot of times we ask God for our Adam and Eve, or we want Him to confirm a relationship. But ask yourself, are you spending enough time in His presence to hear from Him? In short. How can we hear God if we're not in his presence? Mm -hmm. So we're asking for something, but we don't know the creator. Yeah. So. I, I no, think that's, that a, that's a great point. I, I wrote this down as well, is that God always seems to put the people in our life when we're fulfilling our purpose. And, you know, you spoke in that as like God, God put Eve in Adam's life. with He didn't console with Adam. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of the time we're all looking for console from God. Like, all right, God, she needs to be this. She needs to be that. Like, you just let me know you put her and then I'll, I'll make sure that it's good. No. While Adam was fulfilling his purpose that God gave him, which was tending to the garden, then he got Eve into his life to help tend to the garden, to help fulfill his purpose. And again, a lot of the time, you know, we're looking for something outside of that when in reality we need to be spending. First, we need to spend, be spending time with God, but we also need to be spending our time in his presence. And then we need to be spending time to fulfilling our purpose. And then our Eve will come up or our Adam will show up within our purpose and not take away from that. Exactly. And that's the thing is that we... we we're trying to do everything else but walk in our purpose, walk in our calling. And we need to learn to discover our purpose in God. We need to discover what God wants us to do. Why were you created here? And I think that's the biggest thing now. It's with purpose. Mm -hmm. To wrap up the whole entire you know, podcast, it's purpose. Your purpose in God. Like, when you follow your purpose, God will put the... Let's look at it this right here, where we're at right now. We're, re we're recording at Eric's at Eric, at Eric's house, in Eric's place. Check this out. It's because I'm walking in purpose that these relationships happened. If I never would have started a podcast, if I never would have walked in and started walking with Jesus, if I never would have dedicated myself to the Lord and be sent out as a pastor and walk in purpose, none of these friendships would have came. 
Mm-hmm. See, when I walked in purpose, God added a group here. God added friends here. Did I go looking for Eric? No. Did I go looking for Danny? No. Did I go looking for Dwayne? No. Did I go looking for Logan? No. As I was walking in purpose, God placed you guys. Mm-hmm. So if God can do that in friendships, don't you think God can do that with your significant other too? Amen. That Amen. all you got to do is just walk in purpose and God will place it. And look, no one forced this friendship. No. The, uh, Eric and, and Dwayne were the first ones who ever attended a Sunday night service and have and have, since that Sunday night have never stopped coming. Did I text you guys the next week? Are you guys coming? Are you guys going to come? Like, I, I didn't force anything. I, I did was, get a nice voice note, though, during the week. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, just like, thank, thank you for, for coming. coming. Yeah, of yeah. course. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, doing, you know, my, I, I really enjoyed affirmations, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But hurt. at the same time, I, no one held a gun to your guys' head. Hey, are you guys coming? Are you guys coming? And then look at what it's all led to. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's led to this podcast. It's led to just doing all these bunch of things. And it's led to now we're impacting so many lives of so many people. Thousands upon millions now. It's millions. We've had... Mm reels from our podcast here that are at like 3 million views, 4 million views. Why? Because we're walking in purpose. Bro, I'm going to let you know something. This You guys don't know this, right? So two years ago, right? Because it's now February 19th. So literally four days ago, I signed my lease uh, for the first time here. Wow. And in January, I was literally like, I was like busting my hind. I was working and then I was doing Uber at night. And then literally like I was sleeping in my car. And then God was like, call that number. And I was like, what are you talking about? And it was a phone number that a friend had given me to call for apartments. Wow. I called that number. The girl was like, yeah, there's an apartment available. Can you come right now? I came, looked at the first apartment. It wasn't it. I came and looked at this apartment. And I've been here ever since, bro. Wow. If I would have not woken up that day by that and follow that and call that number, none of this would be here. See? No accidents. We, we no coincidence. Have, we would have not been here. Yeah. And that and that's walk and that's listen that's walking on purpose. Yeah. Walking in purpose. You want you 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 want you wanted to to say something, Dwayne? Uh, yeah. So I did want to touch on the topic of friendships before we wrap up, mm-hmm. and um, you talked a lot about that in the sermon from last night, and so I wanted to ask you a follow up question on that. We talked a lot about in the concept of being unequally yoked. We talked about how that applies to friendships as well. Yes. Uh, that brought me back to the first Sunday that I had ever came to Walking with Jesus. There was a sermon on detoxing. It was mm-hmm. a, a series. Mm-hmm. And the first area that you covered was your circle and your friends. Yeah. And uh, I remember there was something you said along the lines of um, when people say, like, oh, Jesus hung out with prostitutes. They did this. Did he really hang out with them or did he allow them to hang around them around him and change their life? And Ooh, so I remember... So you mentioned something around that for our own circle. Mm-hmm. It's not like, so people who are not believers are in our circle, but are we sort of rubbing off on them or are they rubbing off right. on us? And so I was just wondering how that kind of ties into the sermon because when I was listening to it, I kind of was thinking, I'm like, well, are we supposed to not have any Christian friends? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just okay. was wondering like how that ties into this unequally yoke concept because all of our friends are not always going to be, you know, Christians. So I have family members who are not, who are not believers and they're Christians. And I'm not going to be like, okay, you're not my family anymore because of that. Check this out. Jesus never went to participate in anything they did. They right. always participated in what Jesus did. But Jesus said, I did not come for the righteous. I came for the sinner. The thing with us is that we 
we want to hang around with sinners, but then we become the sinners. We compromise. Yeah. And mm. Jesus never, Jesus hung around with them, but never became like them. And the issue with this is that we got to make sure are you influencing them or they're influencing you. Because if the people around you are not making you grow, you don't have a circle. You have a cage. Mm -hmm. And when you're in a cage, you like it's so hard for you to get out. So that's why I say check your circle. Because do you have a cage or do you have a circle? Wow. Because in a cage, you can't grow. In a circle, you're going to elevate. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we can have ungodly friends. But are you being a light to them? Yeah. Or are they being a darkness to you? Because... The, and that's where unequally yoked happens because then the Bible says, what does righteousness have to do with wickedness? What, yeah. is light, what does the light have to do with darkness? Light cannot come in between darkness. In, in darkness, light does not exist. And in light, darkness doesn't exist, right? So we have to be very careful. That comes in our discernment. For example, I, when I hang out with my cousins, my cousins are not, are not believers. You know, I'm praying that they're going to get saved. They know what I do. They know my pastor mm -hmm. and everything. But I be the light and everything. Sometimes when I've been out and they're drinking and everything, they know, oh, like, Jimmy doesn't really do this, right? And and all these things are like, hey, like, let's watch. Like, I, I lead. I'm not out here like, I can't touch that. I can't be out with that with that. Or I can't watch a movie with you guys. No. We are normal people filled with the Holy Spirit. You show them grace. I show them grace and I show them love mm -hmm. because God showed me grace and God showed me love. Wow. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. How can I condemn them and be mean to them if God was never like that with me? Because if God would be treating me the same way I would treat people, I'd be in hell right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But the grace of God saved me. And if he had grace for me, I have to learn to have grace over other people. We just have to learn to distinguish. If that person is being a bad influence for your life, that's not really a friend. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because we can have ungodly friends, friends that are not part of like, you know, your a coworker became a friend of yours and whatnot. Or, you know, your your family members are not Christian. OK, that's fine. But if they start influencing you and you start decreasing your relationship with God and falling back from God, I would check that out. And I would check it before we break ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because the enemy has no remorse. The enemy is not merciful. So that's what I would say with God, with finding friendships. I would recommend you finding godly friendships. Have more godly friendships than secular friendships, for sure. Yeah, you spoke on something last night as well. It was like, you always want to hang out with people that are of a higher uh, holiness of the, or a, a higher like a spiritual level than mm -hmm. you are because you'll start becoming those people. Again, and also something this is also brought up to my, to my mind was like, you know, you never want to be chasing the light. You always want to be the light for some people. But sometimes, you know, there are people, like you still have... You're filled with the Holy Spirit and you're still filled with the love of Jesus. But also, you know, you hang out with people that are still holding themselves at even a higher standard of they, yeah. you know, and it's not just about knowing scripture, but you know, mm -hmm. this person that does know, as you said last night, they know Deuteronomy, they, they know Hebrew, they know all these things. And it's like as you start hanging around those people and kind of touching on what you said is like, yeah, like you might have to be the light for some people, but you also need to have other friend groups as well. But I do still think it's important that you know, even at the end of the day, if you are hanging out with these people that aren't still with the Lord and with all these other things that we still hang out with people that are, you know, that uh, that we that we hold others to a higher standard, but we're also being held to a higher standard. Yeah, we, we should never reject people. We should never be mean and nasty yeah. to people because check this out. Who, who washed who washed the feet of Jesus? Nobody. No. Who cleaned Jesus' feet? Who anointed? I'm sorry. Who anointed Jesus' oh, the, feet? The woman with the with the, um, with the with the oil. She was a prostitute. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. had the Super Bowl commercial, actually. Oh, wow. I, I did speak I did, on I that. I know this is like a... <laughs> no, no, no. Let's talk about it real quick before we end up. Okay. There was, I, I, I actually even made a video on this. Um, there was a lot of controversy on the, on, the, on the Super Bowl commercial about Jesus Gets Us. And we saw uh, two females 
who were washing each other's feet and and people portrayed it as you know that was a, a lesbian couple who were doing all these things and they were it was it brought a lot of contradiction to the community right this is the thing where i always say jesus does get us but do we also get him that's the balance okay you are lost in sin you're lost in fornication Maybe you're lost in 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 and you don't know your identity. You don't know if you're a, a male or you're a female. Okay, Jesus gets you, but you have to learn to now understand. Do you get His holiness? Yes. Do you get His righteousness? Do you also get that He doesn't want you to be there? Because mm -hmm. He will understand you in the pit, in the moment. But God is not also there wanting you to stay there. He's trying to take you out of that. Amen. Right? So Jesus got, does get us. Mm -hmm. But we also need to learn to understand and get him. Because mm -hmm. that's why I always say, oh, God knows my heart. God knows my heart. But do you know his? Mm -hmm. Do you know he is a holy God? Do you know he is a righteous God? Do you know he is a God that cannot be mocked? For whatever man sows, he shall also reap. Do we understand a God who said that he's coming for a church without spot or wrinkle, no blemish? Do we understand a God that says, be holy for I am holy? Mm -hmm. Do we understand a God that says that, that, clean, uh, that you know, that uh, righteousness and wickedness cannot be together? Clean hands cannot be mixed together with dirty hands. So we got to understand God also. Yes, he gets us in that moment that we're in, but he wants to take us out of that moment. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing with our friends that we have. We got to see the better in that person. For example, you guys that are all here, I believe in every single one of you guys. I see more to what there is here. I see purpose in you guys. I see where God is going to develop and make you guys to be, right? Mm -hmm. And that my grace with you guys come from that. You know, sometimes you guys hit me up and tell me some craziness. I'm like, I have grace for you guys. Why? Because I know where you guys are not is not where God's gonna is gonna mm. call you to be. And that's how we need to be in our relationships and our friendships, where you see someone struggling. Maybe they're new to the walks of God and they're still dabbling on things here and there. Have grace on their life, because let's not act like we weren't also doing that in our first baby steps as well. Yeah, um, it's not it's not out of the realm of impossibility mm -hmm. because. Um, you know, for example, my friend Alejandro, the one that you guys know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we used to go to high school together. And after we graduated, we parted our ways. But the Lord, he had his purposes. He decided to unite us once again. In fact, it was a soul that I won for the Lord. And he was someone who did not pray. He was someone who was not reading the Bible. He had a lot of doubts, even though the Lord took him out of what uh, he was in. But you know, God did a process. He did a work in his heart. Mm -hmm. And now we both pray at our work. We both read the Bible. We both watch videos like these. Yeah. We're both looking and hearing to other preachers. Yeah. You know, so is it is an example of someone who used to be in darkness, but now yeah. came into the light. Exactly. You know, so it's not out of the realm of yeah. possibility. What I did was just had a lot of patience. Yes. Because he used to mock me. You know, he used to mock me a lot. But I was, you know, I, I brush it off. I didn't get offended with that. Because eventually I knew he was going to be like, Danny, I need prayer. And that's exactly what happened. He was exactly. like, Danny, I have a hole in my heart that only God can fill. Yeah. You know, and that was exa his exact words. Yeah. You know, because if we close ourselves up to to worldly people and secular people, when they need help, if you're so closed up, how are they going to come and ask you for help? And you have the answer to give them. Right. It's having grace is just it becomes when now you want to actually develop a friendship, a strong mm. friendship with someone, a best friend. But you see that all they're doing is inclining you to go party and gossiping, oh, yeah. you know, doing all these things. And that's when it's like that's not a friend because a friend would understand your spiritual journey as well. Yes. A friend will understand that this is the path you're in. And also, let's reverse the tables real quick to close up here. Are you being a good friend? Mm. Are we being a good friend? Yeah. If you're a Christian, are you being a good friend? 
you see someone is struggling and instead of helping them, you're also partaking in their struggle. You know, mm. are we are are we helping them? Wow. If some if, if if your friend is dealing with going out and partying and drinking, mm-hmm. and you're still going out to doing with them, and you're a believer, you're not being a good friend to them. Well, oh, yeah, you need to guide them to the truth and be like, let's not do that. Let's go do something else. Yes, wow. let's go pick up a Bible. Let's mm-hmm. go out for some bowling. Let's go out for a coffee. Let's go out to eat. We don't always have to go clubbing. We don't always have to go partying. You know, mm. like. Let's be positive influences. We can have a Holy Ghost party. A Holy Ghost party, (laughs) exactly. So, you know, like we could get high with the most high, right? Like, you know, there's different... In the spirit. In the spirit, that's what I mean. In the spirit. spirit. You know, so really, that's what it is. Relationships, it's in God's heart. And I really want to close out with that. God is intentional with relationships. God created human beings. God created male and female out of a relationship. How? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're all three were in one, and out of their love, they said one day had a conversation and said, let us make man in our image. They had a conversation. We were produced out of that love with them. That same way, relationships are eternal. God wants relationships. He would always establish relationships. He doesn't want you to be alone. So, you know, be careful with unequally yoked people. Don't put yourself into a relationship in dating and marriage and anything if you if one is an unbeliever and one is a Christian. And don't try and fool yourself out and lie to yourself thinking that you're going to save the person and you're going to pray for that person and you're going to get them saved. You know, like, just follow God. Get in a relationship with Him. Walk in your purpose. Discover your purpose. Discover your purpose. And that's something that we're really going to speak on more next week is follow your purpose. Seek God's purpose for your life. Because when you seek and follow God's purpose for your life, God is just going to ordain your steps and put in the right people at the right time at the right place. Amen. Can I just say something? Yeah. Can you pray us out on, on finding our purpose? Because I feel yes. like there's a lot of people that have the question of like, how can I find my purpose? Or mm-hmm. how can I pray towards that? Because I mean, sometimes we do tend to get confused or we get lost in the sauce, right? Because we... We have a whole world around us. Yeah. And, and so I guess it's just, just if you could pray us yeah. out into, into finding our purpose. I Let's think. do it. Um, Father, we just pray right now. God, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for this conversation. We thank you for everything that you've done. Father, I pray for each person that is in this room, those that are watching, those that are listening to us. Spirit of God, I pray that you are the purpose giver. You are the one that gives us purpose. You are the one that called us from our mother's womb with a purpose. And I pray, God, that you revealed that purpose to us. I pray that you reveal it in, in bigger depths, in, 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 in a deeper way, God. I pray that you start giving us a little taste of what our purpose is. Reveal it to us. Show it to us, whether it be through dreams, whether it be through a prophetic word, whether it be through our own passions inside of us screaming out purpose, screaming out what, what we should be doing. Holy Spirit. Just like just like Apostle Paul told Timothy, revive the flame, stir up the gift inside of you. I pray that you stir up the gifts inside of us and that we may be purpose driven, that we may be led not by emotions, but by purpose, that we may be led not by our feelings, not by our wants, not by our desires, but by your purpose in our life. Because many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is your purpose that will prevail for our lives. And I just pray you reveal it to us, to each person here, you show it to them even more. You give them a glimpse of what you've called them to do, God. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. 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 And amen. Amen. Awesome. 
it's a wrap. What a podcast. Thank you guys so much. I want to thank all those are that are watching us right now, that watched us. If you stayed towards the, towards the end, thank you so much. It was really, since we didn't do a podcast last week, we united the first part and the second part of our relationship series into this podcast. And I just pray it's a blessing to everybody. I pray that it, it helps you. I pray that uh, God has spoken to you share this with somebody you got to re-listen to it re-watch it do it share it to someone who may be struggling in relationships struggling in godly friendships struggling in their marriage and i pray that we were able to give wisdom here biblically on how to deal with these things and how to now pursue a relationship with god and how to now pursue a relationship tear up your list and allow god's list to become your list <laughs> i love you guys thank you guys so much and until the next podcast